G'day, everyone. Welcome to the Fen Proudly brought to you by George's Fine Meats, Cherry Brook and Five Star Real Estate Hornsby Horsey with you alongside rugby league legend Gary Jack Jimmy. Just a week to go, and the finals are here. Yes, it's an exciting time of year, mate. And welcome to all the listeners. Lift throughout that whole season. It's, it comes down to the next world well, one week, and we're into the semis. You can see the the players' atmospheres have changed. It's getting warmer. You can smell summer in the air. Uh, the footy, it's so much, it's who's going to make the eight, who's not going to make the eight, it all depends on this weekend, so it's it's a great end of the season. Yeah, there are so many games with huge ramifications, we'll go through those a little bit later in the podcast, also we'll talk about the criticism, the pylon of Latrell Mitchell, we'll get to that, plus uh, Ricky's rant, he was on the rampage at GIO Stadium uh, during the Raiders-Broncos match. We'll discuss that as well. But let's, firstly, Jimmy, let's rip into the five-star five, brought to you by Five Star Real Estate. I want to kick it off on a real positive. In Newcastle, eight wins in a row. They spanked the Sharks 32-6. to Kalen Ponga again at his magical best. I thought this might have been a game where their winning run tripped up. The Sharks, they were playing pretty well. And I thought maybe the occasion might get to the Knights, but they just seem to be thriving. Another sellout crowd in Newcastle, and they just love it. Yeah, 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 they did. And they're on a real roll at the moment. You know, I think they'll, they'll come in, what, 14th there after about the first seven games. And now look at look at what's happened. They've won seven in a row. Kalen Ponga is in career-best form. Uh, and the whole team is playing well. It, it, without thinking too much about it, it does remind me of the run that we were in back in 88. We won 10 in a row to get to the grand final. And when you get on that roll, you're incredibly hard to stop as a team. And they are certainly on a roll at the moment, the Newcastle Knights. Everyone's playing well. And remember, they've got Jackson Hastings to come back uh, next week. So they are in great. And when they play at home, wow, they are so hard to beat. And it shows the importance of depth, Jimmy, as you mentioned there. Uh, no Jackson Hastings, but Adam Clune comes in, plenty of experience, and he's done a great job steering them around. Uh, comparisons, yeah, look, I thought of Parramatta 2009 when uh, the Eels went on that run with Jared Hayne, also at fullback. And like Ponger is here, Hayne lifted everyone around him. It wasn't a one-man show back mm-hmm. then for Parramatta. Any number of players, Felitti Matteo, even Todd Lowry, Jeff Robson, Kevin Kingston, they all just jumped out of the ground, Joe Nullivar. So that's what uh, that's the impact that Ponger is having on the rest of the Newcastle team. He picked up a bit of a shoulder injury. Hopefully uh, that's not too serious. But, yeah, that's such a great story, Newcastle. I, I watched them play Parramatta in round nine, and the Eels won 43-12, to and it could have been 73-12. to They were that terrible Newcastle. That was the whole time of the off to Bali trip. Remember that? They were, yeah. And they got hammered yeah. for that. But um, So they've turned their season around uh, in incredible they, they, fashion. They certainly have. And it's, it's been built on, and I said before, it's built on their defence. Not so much scoring the points as their mm. defence. Their goal line defence has been excellent. Uh, everyone's bought into it. And, you know, when you think about the coach was possibly in his last year and now they're going to have to re- – well, of course they want to resign him. He's done a fantastic job. He's got all these players. But it just shows the difference having – your key players like your Nico Hines, those type of players playing their best footy at the end of the season. And it, it does it, – everyone believes in themselves. And they were like Ellery Hanley joined our team in, in 88, and that took us on that great run. And much as a greater player as Ellery was, and he was a is a, still a fantastic player, um, other players in the team that, that support him, they got better as well. So it, it's a 13, 15-fold it's effect on everyone. Everyone improves their game. Well, you mentioned defence. The, the last two games were against the Rabbitohs and the Sharks, two potent attacking teams. They've scored three tries between them. 
South scored 10 points and the Sharks scored wow. six points. So that just sums it up. Uh, let's move on to number two. Uh, Jared Warrior Hargreaves, the Roosters enforcer up against your Tigers. The Roosters won 32 to eight, but this was just crazy from Jared. Uh, the Roosters are a big show of making the finals and he's just lost his cool. We love what he brings to footy. We do love it, but geez, sometimes he's got to rein it in. And I, I don't know if. His teammates have got to tap him on the shoulder at some point, but his eyes just roll in his head. He he took out Coruscant with a late high hit, and then he uh, put a headbutt on Stefano Utokamanu. So he's looking at a, pos- a possible eight-match suspension all up. Yeah, look, as 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 great a player as he is, JWH, he's, he's a bully. He likes to bully people. He likes to intimidate people, and he likes to just push to the edge and just see if he gets a retaliation. And uh, Ukumalo... Uh, the Tigers front rower, he he did well. For a young bloke, he kept his nerve together. He was really being baited by the, by the old fella, and he kept it together, you know, which is great. But this is the fourth time this season he has been has been um, put on report and hasn't been suspended. That that amazes me mm. that he hadn't been suspended before. So he's he's a repeat offender. Four times this season he's been had to go before the judiciary. This is the first time he's been suspended. Yeah, they need to be a little lot harder on these guys. For some reason, he does gets um, he gets a bit privileged maybe because he's a chook. Uh, let's move on to uh, number three and Reese Walsh, mate. I mean, as a fullback, I want to ask you about Reese Walsh because he he I just love watching this kid play. Yeah, he was a bit cocky in his earlier days, and you used to want to see him get buried, but. Uh, I just love watching him play now. He's so exciting. His acceleration, his blinding speed, couple of issues defensively at the back, but overall, you know, he slotted the winning field goal against the, the Raiders, scored a try, set up another. He's just so good. And I've said this before, he brings people through the gates. He really does. Yeah, yeah. He's an excitement machine. Every time he touches the ball, um, something happens. He's got great acceleration, great in and away, great awareness, peripheral vision, as to who to give the ball to when he in when he is under pressure, um, and, and such a fantastic player at what, what 20, 21 years of age, you know, make no bones about it. He's probably the X factor that's got the Broncos up there this year. But a bit like you know, uh, with Ponga, another great fullback at the moment. Other players are lifting in the team, and um, the whole side is playing ex- exceptionally well and in line to get their first minor premiership for a number of years. Since 2000, yeah. And that was without, you know, going down to Canberra, a lot of emotion with Jack White and Jared Croker's final home game, uh, 20-odd thousand fans there, and to get the job done without Adam Reynolds, without Pat Carrigan, these guys, they've got strike all over the place, the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, first minor premiership in 23 years coming their way, and they are just uh, really, really good to watch. And uh, 29 to 18 there over the Raiders, and the Broncos, they are on their way. But Reese Walsh... Uh, he got cleaned up the last play of the game, Jimmy. He, yeah. he was he had a bit of a knee issue and he was doing a bit of vomiting. It was quite bizarre. And then yeah. he had the ball for the last play of the game and was sort of foxing a bit. And then Joe Tarpity just said, I'm having none of this. And he just absolutely buried him. And this is this is where again Reese Walsh was impressive because he didn't blow up at Tarpity. He just said, Fair play, fair play. I was mucking around. You didn't like it. You smashed me. I'll cop it. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. The rest of the Broncos sort of came to his rescue, but they didn't need to. He was okay. Yeah, I really think that Reese Walsh has matured this year. In front of our eyes, you've seen him grow up from a young boy to, to become a, a very smart and experienced player. In the, in the space of six months, he's grown up physically and mentally uh, and not being baited by the players. So, yeah, another plus from the – look, those two got – yeah, 
Reese Walsh and, and Kalen Ponga, the two the two stars of the competitions, two star fullbacks. It's just great to watch, and it, it, it's fantastic for rugby league. Uh, the Eels finished up uh, against the Panthers, Jimmy, and they turned on probably their best performance of the season. Admittedly, Penrith were missing Dylan Edwards. They lost Jerome Luai through the course of the game, which is a, a huge concern for them with the finals coming up. But uh, as good as the win was, like, as a long-standing Parramatta fan, it was just as frustrating. I never quite felt this way before. I should have been celebrating a great win over the best team in the comp, but I just couldn't help but feel frustration. And I know this is this feeling is shared by other Parramatta fans because where was this the week before? When they played yeah. the Roosters and they needed to beat the Roosters, they looked like amateurs at times. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. but then a week later, the pressure's off and they just play a great brand of footy. The, despera- the desperation and desire in that win over Penrith haven't been seen for six or seven weeks. So yeah. why is that? There's got to be some questions it, asked. It's like there was, there was no there was no pressure. There was no pressure. Like it, it didn't matter, and it, it didn't matter to Para because they knew that they weren't going to uh, to make the semi-finals. And I think you could see that there was no pressure. You know that they they throw the ball around. You know they all play, they all enjoyed themselves. And I did not see this coming at all. There's no way to see Parramatta just cleaning up the the, the premier the two time premiers the way they did. You know, and and then again, you look at look at the Penrith side of things. They were very disjointed, very clunky. They 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 had no Dylan Edwards. He wasn't there. Um, they certainly sh- slowed him down. They slowed. Well, Jimmy, it shows how much how important yeah. Dylan Edwards is, doesn't it? Correct. Yeah. Hmm. That's right. He, run, he runs 200, 250 metres every game. Yeah, it shows the, the importance of him to that, to that Penrith mm. team. Uh, they had a couple other players out as well, but Dylan was the, was the main one. And they just, you know, even though Moses wasn't there, young – young um, Dylan Brown. Dylan, yeah, Brown was fan, fantastic at, at halfback. Um, and full credit to, to Parramatta with a, with a great win up there at Penrith Park. Yeah, Mike Acevo, four tries, and Mike's form has been just off a cliff, you know, <laughs> since mid-season. So they all got it together for the last game of the year. And I guess it's a springboard for next season. It shows what they are capable of. You know, where Luai dislocated his shoulder, that tackle from Cartwright to hold him up was just where, – where has that sort of defence been? That's the question yeah. Matter fans are asking. So uh, mm-hmm. number five on the five-star five, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen returning – for the Storm against the Titans, 37-16 to Melbourne, and Pappenhausen uh, injected it off the bench. Didn't have a, a huge amount of game time, but he, uh, when he was out there, he looked pretty good. Yeah, he did. He, he came on just after half time when Pappenhausen got to the field, and uh, it'd be what, 405 days since he's played a game. Well, wow, that's a long time, 405 days. Um, he did really well. Um, for his first run out there, uh, he had played a little bit of uh, the New South Wales Cup or reserve grade, as they call it. Um, but he can only get better for for you know for the Storm, you know. Uh, and their, their big stars obviously was uh, Coates. Coates was another hat trick, fantastic on like those two wingers that, that they've got. Mm. You know, uh, Coates and Walbrick. Uh, they've got sixteen and seventeen tries each so far this season. They are fantastic players. The if you cross kick for those guys. They will not be out jumped for it for a try. They are fantastic. You know, we look at look at Warbrick. Like he, he he's really re- quite new to the game. But all he had been in the last yeah, twelve months, he started playing regular first grade. He what a what a what a specimen. You know, six foot four, six yeah. foot five. He, the, the jump he did there on the weekend was like he an Aussie rules jump. The way he got up there and scored and brought the ball there for a try. And Coates is he's unbelievable. Coates has got untapped ability. Untapped ability. He could be a sensation. Young Coates, 
Um, so those guys are playing well. Obviously, you know, Jerome Hughes is playing well. Munster's back to his best. And they really, um, with Papenhausen coming back into the side, it was a, a very, uh, dare I say, a storm professional. They ran the cleaners through the Titans. But what do you do with Nick Meaney? Nick Meaney's been really yeah. good for them at fullback this year, but Pappenhausen is an X factor. He he's just a, an ace up the sleeve for Craig Bellamy heading into the finals. He 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 brings Melbourne up a rung. If he mm. gets back to his best form, they go from you know very good team to a great team, a team that could really knock mm. off the Panthers or Broncos. So mm. watch, watch. Yeah, well, he, he has to. I think he has to stick with with Meaney because of his goal kicking. His goal kicking has been fantastic. And I don't know if Ryan's ready to kick a ball yet. I don't mm. know. Maybe he can kick. Maybe, you know, coming back from that knee injury, maybe he can't kick at, at, at this stage because he was an excellent kicker as well. So I think I think, I think, think what he tried to do, uh, Bellamy, was bring Papenhausen on just so he was floating around the ruck, you know, just, just a support player, uh, just causing bobbing up wherever, wherever for, for their attack. I think that's how he played him. It didn't really give him the position, but I think Meany's still got to stay in the side at number one. Yeah, knee injury for Jerome Hughes out of that game, so that is a concern. Uh, code word of the week time, Jimmy, 10% off your next order. George's Fine meets Cherry Brook. What do you oh, got for us this week? Look, uh, Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh. Walshy. Just Walshy is the Walshy. code word for the week. Yeah. yeah. What, a, what a player, really. And you, you can see the, see the fancy. And he gave away what his jersey on the weekend to a yeah. young girl in the crowd that was that was a really nice moment to watch as as a fan and the kids were just ecstatic um that that little girl i think she got the jersey and she turned and ran away straight away <laughs> look she had the jersey so he's my he's my uh, star player of the week uh, George's fine meets Cherrybrook there, 10% off. Uh, yeah, he did carve up, so that's a very uh, appropriate one there, Jimmy. Uh, let's talk about the mess at South Sydney uh, that saw Sam Burgess, the assistant coach and club legend, leave the club last week. A laughable press conference where uh, the CEO and coach suggested that uh, Sam just wants to focus on being a father because he's got a kid coming up and also his future job at Warrington. And the fact he's done that a week out from the finals um, was fine. Uh, just It just doesn't add up. Uh, I think we all know what's happened here. Uh, Sam was not happy with uh, the coaching of Jason Demetrio and in particular the you know, probably preferential treatment for Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker. And he had enough and he said, no, I can't compromise my values. I'm out of here. And really? then it got worse, Jimmy, because the, the grandson of Clive Churchill, Rod Churchill, son. has launched son. a scathing attack, a son scathing attack on uh, Latrell Mitchell, describing him as a cancer in the club. And i got to say, that's just outrageous. You can say what you like about Latrell's form, which has been off, but to call him a, a, a cancer and a pretender and a, a myth, it's just yeah. it's just wrong, mate. It's no. wrong. Yeah, look, 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 you know, I think Rod did get it wrong there. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, and that's fair enough. If people give their opinion, you'd say, so, well, what has he done in his life? What levels he played at? You know, Rod hasn't played, yeah, first grade footy. I mean, his dad was an absolute, you know, we know what Clive Churchill's an immortal. And and I think he really should have kept that opinion to himself. It shouldn't have gone public. Um, yeah, that was just uncalled for to call him a myth and a, and a cancer of the club. And and going back to, you know, Sam Burgess, like he, he called it for how he saw it. And he's, he's I dare I say, I think he's 100% correct in his opinion. And it's cost him his job. Um, he does receive preferential treatment um, and, and gets away with it. Uh, he needs to be held accountable for it, and um, he, he hasn't been. So, you know, good on um, Burgess for for making the call. 
And yes, it was laughable that press conference last week. It really was laughable. You could see um, just going through that everything was okay, everything was honky dory. Um, yeah, but you know, Rod, Rod, Rod Churchill. He, that, those things are difficult when you. I suppose your dad's been such a great player oh, at the yeah. club. He, he just should have kept himself. It's very sad, mate, because the Churchill name is forever entwined with South City. Yeah. Now, you know, well, the Clive Churchill Medal. I don't think South are going to win the comp this year, but that's going to be a, a problem if they if they do because they won't accept it from him. Um, yeah. And I think there should be a full apology for those sort of comments. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Everyone's entitled uh, their opinion, but you know you've got to. It's got to be. You just can't make opinions like that because your you, your dad wasn't immortal. You know, I, no, you don't need it. Okay, let's uh, have a look at the equation for this weekend, Jimmy, because it's fascinating. This the, the top eight is far from far from complete. There's a lot of permutations. Brisbane, Melbourne, kick it off Thursday night. Melbourne have won their last 13 games against the Broncos. That's incredible. They haven't lost to the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium since 2009. What a bogey team. It's amazing, isn't it? But Brisbane, they can win this. If they win this, they win the minor premiership for the first time in 23 years. Uh, they won't have Reynolds again. I don't think they'll have Carrigan either, but the Storm won't have Jerome Hughes. So it's really a toss of the coin here. If Brisbane win, uh, Penrith are locked into second place. So that has implications as well for Penrith's game against the Cowboys. Because if Penrith know they're going to finish second, then do they take the chance to rest a few players? And there's also talk that uh, the Broncos were going to rest a few players, including Payne Haas from this match, Jimmy. So I want to ask you the question. I mean, what do you think about resting players from the final round of the competition? I just think, personally, I I hate it. It it diminishes quite a few contests that we're really looking forward to. I understand once you... Once you are up the top of the table, you, you earn the right to rest whoever you want and do whatever you like. That's yeah. fine. But yeah. I just think uh, I don't mind the um, – I know it's left field, but I, I don't mind the Premier League system where on that last round of the competition, they all play at the same time. So you don't yeah. – you, you can't make judgment calls on who to rest based on other results because you're all playing at the same time. Do you like that idea? Yeah, that's that's that's, that's got plenty of merit, that idea. I hadn't thought of that idea before. Um, I, I understand why they rest players, coaches, and teams because it is. Look, mate, it's the hardest bloody competition in the world. You know, twenty six rounds, twenty four rounds, and at the end of that time, that extra week can be the difference between you know um, being on top of your game or, or carrying injury, and so it does make a difference. I, I understand why coaches rest players, and you know, it's it's hard. It's hard for the fans. But yeah, if someone's to rest someone, certainly in that top, yeah, that top. One or two, that that's fine with me. You know, I understand, and I think it makes good practical sense because it is a really bloody hard season to get through, and you want your players playing their best this time of year. So you've got to peak at the right time. So sometimes that that week off will give you that extra freshener up for um for the following month ahead. But Jimmy, you're forgetting the thing that we're always told about. Told the game is about the fans. You're forgetting about. The fans who rock up to these games and then get told that the, the star player is going to sit this one out. The only other way around it is taking up the AFL system of having a week off before the finals. That would discourage teams from resting players because that would mean the players would have two weeks off and no one wants that. Yeah, that's, no, that's, look, I don't, I don't, I don't like that because I like to be playing footy every week. I like the footy to be on every week, and I like the fans to see their footy every week. So no, I don't agree with having that week off. Um, I, this is 
rugby league, and we, we love this time of year because we play every week. So, no, I'm not in favour of having any time off. Yeah, We've got okay. momentum. Yeah. You know, this is when everyone everyone got, got eyeballs on television sets and people turn, you know, there was 20, 28,000 there yesterday up at Newcastle Stadium. This is the, the the great time of year. We don't want to lose a bit of momentum by having a, having a week off. But you sort of do when you play the Broncos and Storm with no Munster, no Harry Grant, no Payne Us, no Adam Reynolds. I don't know. I don't know. I, I understand. Well, I understand the greater good. I do get that. But maybe it's time we had to look at a, a different way to wrap up the season. But I'll tell you one game that won't be watered down. It is the Friday night game, the Rabbitohs and the Roosters, Jimmy. There's no way any players are resting from this one because the loser is gone. It's that simple. Mm. Yeah, that's right, and obviously the Roosters will be will be buoyed by having James Tedesco back in the team after his his HIA compulsory eleven day stint. So he's back, which is great for the Roosters. You know, really, um, the Bunnies have got to find they've got to find something, and, and all the drama obviously that's been said in, in the in the press from uh, Rod Churchill. They have to put that behind them, and uh, this could really galvanise them together, or it could be the end of the season for them. And and the Roosters, well, they haven't been the team that. We've seen in the past, you know, they've they've struggled. So, I, I really think that the Roosters can can get there. I think they're playing just a little bit better footy than the Bunnies at this stage of the year. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see how you can tip the Rabbitohs. I mean, Cameron Murray re-signing until the end of twenty twenty eight. That's some some really much needed good news for the Bunnies. That'll give them a boost. But um, and Cookie too. I heard Cookie had re-signed as well. Yeah, so they they. Pumping out the good news while they can to try and lift the team, but it just ain't. They haven't played a good game, Jimmy, for for quite a while. And while the Roosters, they, they've won four straight. They might be missing Manu with a hammy, and Warrior Hargreaves is definitely out because he's taken one of those charges, a three match ban. So he's yeah. going to contest the other one. So he's, but he's definitely missing until at least the preliminary final if they make it. Yeah. So they'll be down a couple of troops, the Roosters. But yeah, I, I just think they've got a bit more momentum. On yeah, their side, I heard that Manu's not as bad as what they first thought. That you know, that it's, it's a very light uh, strain of the hamstring. So, hopefully, he'll be right. You know, Sam Walker there at number seven. You know, um, he he's got to find his best form. You know, they've missed that um, in the last few weeks. He hadn't played since round seven. So, you know, he scored he scored a try there at last weekend, and you now he's got to step up as well. Uh, the Warriors are playing the Dolphins. Uh, that, this could be another game where the Warriors rest some players because if Melbourne loses to the Broncos, um, then they are a lock for third. So they'll have a home final. Sorry, they won't have a home final first week. They'll have a home final second week. But uh, they'll be a lock for third, which would mean they'd be playing Penrith in week one. That is if the Broncos beat the Storm without wanting to confuse everyone. The, uh, another massive game is the Panthers and Cowboys. And the Roosters will be watching this one carefully because uh, uh, if Penrith rest players, which they may well do, if Brisbane if Brisbane win against the Storm, then Penrith can't get the minor premiership, so yeah. they'll be locked into second. So you'd imagine they will rest a few players, which would bring the Cowboys in it because the Cowboys need to win. They need to win to make the finals, and that could ultimately cost the Roosters a spot. So that's going to be fascinating to see how that one goes. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Cowboys, well, they, 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 the middle part of the season was fantastic for them, and they've really just dropped off in the last uh, last couple of weeks. But you know, what about the Warriors? What an effort by the Warriors last year! I think they finished what fourteenth in the competition. This year, they're, they're probably going to finish what uh, yeah third. Um, yeah, it looks fantastic. like third. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like third. Yeah. You know, um, great, great effort by the club. Great effort by the coach. Now, who would have thought that, that the coach? 
12 months ago, everyone was talking Cameron Serraldo as the, as the coach of the moment, and you now he's finished, what, third from the bottom. And uh, the uh, the Warriors coach, uh, who's nobody's even talked about, he's uh, he's probably the coach of the year uh, yeah. with what he's done with his team. Yeah, I think he's getting credit now. Initially, he got no headlines at all. It was all about Cameron Serraldo at the Bulldogs, but uh, clearly the Warriors – um, they went for the other Panthers assistant. He's proved to be a huge success. Uh, you'd have to imagine at Canterbury, they they would be questioning people as to, did we know about Andrew Webster? Why did we go all out for Cameron Serraldo when this other guy is mm. is obviously a very very good coach? And the mm. Warriors are yeah, making, but- and the Warriors would have got him for half the price of Serraldo, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. And what a, what a great buy he's been, you know. Um, they they were there together, and uh, yeah, it, it's funny our twelve months, and really the, the pressure is really not so much this year, Serraldo, but next year the pressure is really going to be on. They've got some players going there for Canterbury, and there'll be a lot of pressure on him next year. He needs to obviously improve his, his goal line defence. It is is terrible. They've leaked more points than any team in the competition have Canterbury, um, and I think they've they've, they've faded badly towards the back end of the year. Yeah, young Burton's fallen off off the perch as well. He he's not the player he was a few weeks ago. He's one of the keys. They've got Crichton going there next year. You know, they've got a couple other players as well. So they really need to get their uh, their defence together. Uh, and the Warriors just go from strength to strength. And you know, that home ground over there in New Zealand is a huge advantage. Rugby league's just um, taken off. Always knew it would over there in New Zealand with a bit of success. And it is fantastic to see the, the, the shaky oil doing well. Yeah, it is. It is. Just back on the Bulldogs for a moment. Now, there are a few grumbles about players, um, allegedly from players, about Serraldo being a bit too tough on them, wanting them at training all day, and, you know, they don't like that. But, um, but, you know, you would think you would think at this stage of the season the Dogs, under their new coach, would start showing some green shoots, starting to show that they're turning the corner. But like you said, mate, they're, they're going the other way. They're – they're, they're probably the worst team in the comp right now. Tigers, oh, I think, are playing better. I think Dragons yeah. are playing better without luck. And the yeah. Dogs are a shambles. And right from the start there, mate, Viliami Kikau, who was their big, big off-season buy, he just and – this, and this was the same story at Newcastle. He just looked disinterested. He just threw a lazy intercept pass, which Cherry Evans took. He, he missed a bad tackle for their first try. Uh, you, you mentioned Burton. Burton, Kikau, Marnie, Adokar. They were guns before they got to Canterbury. And yeah. they haven't, they've gone backwards. It's tough times. Uh, yeah, the Warriors, oh, I don't know about the Warriors, mate. I just think they've been, uh, you know, they, they struggled past the Dragons on the weekend. They, they've had a, a pretty easy run home and they, they've made sort of hard work. They only just got over Manly the week before. I don't know. I just think they are not quite at the same level as those other teams, such as the Storm, uh, the, uh, the uh, Broncos yeah. and, and Panthers. Uh, yeah. Dragons, Newcastle. Uh, obviously, Dragons are safe from the spoon. Newcastle, not much in this for the Knights because they're going to finish fifth or sixth, no matter what. They can't. They'll still get a home final. So, Kalen Ponga's not playing with that shoulder injury. So, there's not much in it for that one. They might rest a few other players as well. And then Canberra, Cronulla is a big one to wrap it up. Jimmy on Sunday, late Sunday, um, mm-hmm. Points Bet Stadium. So, Cronulla. Uh, well, both teams can miss out on the finals if they lose this. They can. Wow. Sharks, very unlikely. It would take some big for and against swings for that to happen. But Canberra, more realistically, if the Cowboys and Roosters both win, then Canberra could go. Yeah, the Sharkies have been um, disappointing disappointing in the last in the last month of their footy. Yeah, what uh, Canberra uh, they've they've sort of fallen off the perch as well. You know, now actually on the weekend I saw saw a trip there from. 
Was it Rapina? I mean, yeah, geez. Yeah, yeah. What's going on there? You know, that sort of stuff. Um, People were complaining you, about that being a sin bin. How, how could you complain about that? It was blatant. blatant it was a blatant, blatant trip. Yeah, and it wasn't the first time it's happened too. No, it wasn't. It's happened. Yeah, yeah, it's happened before for so with with Rapana. So needs to yeah, fix up that part of his game. You know, he know now he's got plenty of ability. But yeah, you know, and and Ricky Stewart with his rant when he had a bit of a say to the um the Foxtel cameraman. Right, well, this is going to be your fan at the end. So what you you weren't a fan of Ricky uh, bad mouthing nah. the uh, cameraman? Nah, absolutely not. I, I think it was a terrible look for Ricky and terrible look for the game. That's my fan at the end for for Ricky Stewart. I mean, he, he just he, he just seems so entitled, Ricky Stewart. You know. Everyone has to put up with cameraman, but to tell the cameraman to f off um, on national television, it's just a, a really bad look for the game. Um, and I would expect better from Ricky Stewart as a as a person, as a coach. I don't care how disappointed he is in in his players in the season. There's no need for that. You know, all the kids are sitting at home; they're all watching. They can see what he says. Um, you know, if it was a player, if it was a player. He would be holding the game in, into disrepute. You know, he, he could be put brought before the match committee and he could be fined and suspended. But I don't think coaches fall under that that sort of um, under well, that should. umbrella. So they, they, they should. Well, they, should. well, they, they do yes. because Ricky got fined for swearing at a press conference last year. So they could definitely take action against him if they thought it was reasonable. But I think what you'll find is Fox Sports have come in uh, through their um, – through their boss at Fox League and said to the NRL, actually, we were in Ricky's face. We apologise. We got too close. I don't know if they were that close, actually. It wasn't like <laughs> he was fending the camera off. He looked about 20 yeah. metres away. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it is a bad look, as you say. Kids watching, it, it just doesn't look good. And I think everyone involved with the NRL as a player or coach should expect cameras to be around. I mean, yeah. I even saw it at the Women's World Cup. I think um, one of the English players – uh, when they lost the World Cup final, she went to shoo a camera away after yeah. full time. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the game. It's part of the theatre. Yeah. The cameras need to need to be there to capture every moment. That's the reality. Yeah. And and they off and and for that for that privilege, they pay big big bickies. So you really that's can't right. complain because it's going in your pocket. That's exactly right. And 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 I, and I love to hear. Yeah, you know, when Ricky does have a bit of a spit, he does. He's you know he doesn't miss anyone with his spray. Um, you know, I suppose, I suppose, Ricky. You know, you take the good with the bad, but I just thought that was a really bad example, and I, and and hopefully um, he he won't do it again. Now, my little fend at the end was um, aimed at Panthers player Sonny Luke, who wedged his finger up the backside of Jermaine Hopgood uh, in that match, which just apparently is for a laugh. I don't know. They they used to play together. Uh, I don't think Hopgood was too keen on it by his reaction on the field um, before he knew it was Luke, but. Um, I just yeah. don't see how that's amusing at all. I mean, I no. played, I played footy in the park. I never once thought of, thought of that. And I'm sure you didn't do it. Uh, I know no, certainly never. John Hopawadi used to make a an art form of it, but um, yeah. I think we've all moved beyond that sort of yeah. pure old behaviour. One- Again, you yeah. talk about kids yeah. watching the game, mate. You talk about kids yeah. watching the game. How about that? What, yes. what sort of looks that? Yeah, that's right. And and they do they do look look up to these players, and they're all first grade players and. I think there's that's there's yeah there's a there's a behaviour code and that's just um you never even think, as a player you'd never even think about that and it's happened it's happened once there with with John Hopewadi as we said and it was a long time ago and let's leave it in the past and not yeah you know, it, it shouldn't be people shouldn't try and copy it thinking it's funny because it's not the furthest you could go I reckon I think it was was it Jason Stevens who used to give wedgies. To players, that was his art form. He used to yeah. give wedgies, and yeah. he used to annoy people. He used to slow yeah. down the play of the ball. I, I prepared to yeah. go that far, but not, not the Hopawati. Yeah. That's nah, that's nah, nah. 
can we end that, please? Sonny Luke, yeah. give yourself an uppercut in the words of Eddie Jones and just cut that out of your game. And what do you, what do you get as a suspension, do you know? Or, or I got a, a concerning concerning action letter, I think it's called. Oh, from the NRL. Okay. Which is either which yeah. is basically yeah, that means that means nothing. Means nothing. Yeah. 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 Well let's hope they do something about it. Jimmy, great job. Um, we'll chat again um, next week. We'll preview uh, all four finals and uh, recap the season. Um, great job. Yeah, yeah thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks, Audrey. It's been another great week of footy and look forward to uh, one week to go as we count down to the grand final. All the yeah. best. Thanks, buddy. 